The Cincinnati Reds no longer have the worst record in Major League Baseball. We're going to talk about why. We're going to talk about why on earth Joey Votto had a bad day at Fenway Park despite two doubles. And I'm going to tell you about a genius decision, and I'm not being sarcastic, by David Bell. That's all coming up on today's Locked on Reds post-game episode. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr. Stephen Offenbaker will be along later on for Wednesday's edition of the podcast as we kind of look at some players who are going to be here in the future and how they're performing right now for your Cincinnati Reds. But we're going to look specifically at this game. Hey, by the way, you are listening to the Locked On Reds podcast that's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. Make sure you're following us on all platforms because we're free and available on all platforms, including right here on YouTube. On today's uh, post-game episode, this is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode than normal. We're going to talk about the win. The 2-1 to nail-biter, skin of their teeth, just absolutely stressful, but a victory for the Cincinnati Reds at Fenway Park. And we're going to talk about Joey Votto and just the weird day at the office he had at Fenway Park. And David Bell making a very, very smart decision. That's all coming up here in just a moment, but let's talk about this win. First off, the Cincinnati Reds are no longer the worst record in Major League Baseball. 17-31, and 31, that's one game better than the Kansas City Royals, who were idle yesterday at 16-32. and 32. Two, the Reds cap off a winning month of May. Say it with me, Reds fans. The Reds had a winning record in the month of May. They went 3-22 and in the month of April. They were 14-13 and in the month of May. They're not going to have the worst record ever in the history of baseball. They're not going to lose 100 games. They're going to win 74, at least 74, but... I'm saying 74 games this year. Again, not a playoff team, but they're going to be a lot better than the worst team ever, which is still probably pretty mediocre. But whatever, I'm not going to dampen this because that was a beautiful win. Lots of great pitching, and it started with the man, La Piedra. Luis Castillo was fantastic, fantabulous, absolutely amazing for six innings. He allowed one hit. For six innings, he allowed three walks, so four total base runners, and he had 10 strikeouts. And the bullpen came in with five strikeouts of their own. If the Reds were still doing strikeouts for slices when the Reds were on the road, then we'd be getting some great baits right now because that was some great pitching by this Reds team. And Luis Castillo had everything working, man. He had the velocity up on his fastball. He was locating it, commanding it, and then he dropped in that beautiful changeup that just fooled everybody, including the fans in the stands, because Boston fans just didn't know what to do with Luis Castillo on the mound and he was probably the biggest reason why the Reds won their very first game at Fenway Ballpark since 1975 when they won game seven of the World Series yeah it's been a while but it was good to see and Luis Castillo was a huge reason 
for it. I was so happy to see LaPiedra pitching like we are used to seeing him pitch. He is back to ace form. He is ready. He is going to continue to pitch this way until the Reds trade him, which who knows that might happen here pretty soon because let's face it. The Reds are still in sell mode or at least they probably should be. And I hate advocating for the Reds trading my dude, Luis Castillo, because I love watching Luis Castillo pitch. It's so much fun on a day in and day out basis. Ever since he came off the injured list, he's looked phenomenal. Sure. His first start wasn't exactly what you wanted to see, but you still saw glimpses of the ACE glimpses of La Piedra. And he was on full display at Fenway Park yesterday. Great, great, great to see. And then the bullpen really came in and did its job. Alexis Diaz continues to be just one of my new favorite players on this Reds roster. He is exactly as good as advertised. Was absolutely confounding the Boston lineup. Had a couple of strikeouts there, two strikeouts and an inning and a third worth of work. Honestly, I thought he could have pitched longer, but I like the fact that they're kind of keeping him focused. They're keeping him just looking at three to four outs maybe five outs at most in a in a given situation. Maybe he gets two innings total, but that's only if he's just absolutely cruising. I loved the work that he put in. And then Hunter Strickland continues to look like he's figured out whatever it was that he didn't have figured out early on in the season. Early on in the season, Hunter Strickland looked like anything but a guy I wanted to see walk out of that open door in the bullpen. Now he's really shutting things down. And we got to talk about Tony Santion. Tony Santion, to start the year, looked like a dude that was just possessed and getting a save. No matter what, he was going to strike everybody out. He's calmed down a little bit. He's shown some chinks in his armor. Last night, he had some chinks in his armor as well. Three hits on the night. He ended up giving up the only earned run in the ballgame. But... He got the save. He got the job done. A dirty save, but two strikeouts. He was able to get that last punch out and end the game on a winning note for the Red Legs. Look, as stressful as it was, I was happy to see it. And I tell you what, David Bell made a decision that I really, really liked and I thought was probably one of the smartest decisions he's made in a long time. And it probably seemed like a very easy decision to you. And it probably seemed almost something you probably just glossed over. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. But first, I got to tell you about the best way to celebrate your special moment or to get an engagement ring. That's BlueNile.com. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're just celebrating a milestone moment in life, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. You can build the engagement ring of her dreams. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewels, jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind, just like me trying to say the word jewelers. And if you're looking for fine jewelry to celebrate a special moment, but having trouble choosing, Blue Nile can help. They have jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Reds listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive also includes engagement rings. Use code LOCKED. 
on. That's locked on at checkout. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. You'll be able to keep it a surprise. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. And looking at tonight's game as the Reds look for a two-game sweep at Fenway Ballpark, they've got a little bit of an uphill climb, at least according to Bet Online. Currently sitting at plus 179. That's a pretty big underdog for a daily baseball game. And you got Hunter Green on the mound. Uh, I'm interested to see how this game plays out. I think that they've got a real shot to get this win. I might throw a couple of bones at this plus 179 line. But if you do, Check him out at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your sports info, scores, odds, props, lines, and all of that great stuff. They've got Major League Baseball as the season rages on. They've got the NBA Finals that are starting tomorrow night. They've got all of the Stanley Cup playoff hockey that you can handle, and they've got fighting like UFC, boxing, and more is all at Bet Online. You can check out their lines for the playoffs. You can check out their live betting. You can even check out their Vegas casino games at Bet Online. Check out their website on your laptop, your desktop, or go there on your mobile device and check out all the trends in action. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. Now go check out after we're done talking about this wonderful win, the Locked On Now podcast. I'm sure I'll be on there. They'll have the Red Sox now on there as well because you get local analysis for every game, every day in under 30 minutes. There's no better way to follow along the Major League Baseball season than the Locked On Now podcast. Just like Locked On Reds, free and available on all platforms. All right, let's talk about this decision because David Bell made a decision that was absolutely phenomenal. A decision that probably in the grand scheme of things you didn't really think about because Moose gets a single in the top of the ninth. Sure, it was nice to see Moose got a hit. And then almost immediately, he touched first base and then he started going toward the dugout. Started jogging. And out came Alejo Lopez. And you're thinking, that's fine. Yeah, Moose, he's slow. He's probably not going to do much on the base paths. Alejo Lopez came around to score on an error. This was a weird game for the Boston defense. I'm sure that they've had a strange year overall with this defense, but they had some dudes make some plays. Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers were getting to balls and making it look easy. But then on the throw to first base, there were problems. And in Xander Bogart's case, it really looked like it was a decent throw that the first baseman just had no chance to handle for some reason or another. And because of that, Alejo Lopez scored easily and gave the Reds a 2 to nothing lead. Seemed kind of innocuous at the time, but the way that this game had gone, you knew that the other shoe was going to drop eventually. You knew that the Red Sox were going to make a comeback, and they did there in the bottom of the ninth. And had Alejo Lopez not scored on that play, on that error, had Mike Mustakas been on base instead of Alejo Lopez, that would not have been a run. The Reds would have been tied and in going into extra innings. So, Look, we love to just absolutely pound, pound David Bell for bad decisions. We love to pile on when he makes terrible bullpen calls. Let's give him some props. Let's say, look, he played a very good game, almost perfect game when you look at how he handled the bullpen, and he had a perfect decision to put Alejo Lopez in. Seems kind of intuitive at the time, but I'm going to give the man some credit where credit is due. The Reds won that game because of a decision that David Bell made. Also, we got to look at one more thing, and this is the fact that Joey Votto had one of the weirdest, toughest days at the ballpark that you will ever see a guy who gets a multi-hit game 
have. Joey Votto had two doubles on the day. And in fact, tied Barry Larkin for second on the all-time list of doubles. You'd say, Jeff, that's a pretty good game. Yeah, but he was about four feet, maybe even like two feet away from having a two-homer game. That's right. His first double bounced off the short fence in right center field there by the bullpen in Fenway Ballpark. I don't know why I keep calling it Fenway Ballpark. It's just Fenway Park. I don't even think anybody calls it Fenway Ballpark. Whatever. There at Fenway Park, he hits the short fence in front of the bullpen, hits the top of it, and it bounces back into play. Not a home run. Then he comes up and smashes a hit, absolutely destroys it to left center field on top of the green monster. If it's like two feet further, it's a home run, but he hits the top of the green monster right there where people are sitting in the green monster boxes, which I don't know if you've ever looked at. I've looked at those before just to be like, hey, what would it be like to go to Boston and set up there? It's really freaking expensive. And they've got some really good seats there for Joey Votto's double that hit off the top of the green monster and came back into play. Dude had a total combined, at least according to StatCast, total combined length of those two hits, 738 feet. Oh, no, by the way, if it was in Great American Ballpark, he'd have had a two-homer day. You can bet on that. That was easy, easy money there. I didn't even need to have somebody tell me that scientifically because, well, Fenway Park is a lot different than Great American Ballpark, despite its dimensions probably looking pretty similar and as far as, like, feet to the outfield fence. That green monster, everything's changing. It's just, just a weird day for Joey. And then in the ninth inning, the only reason that the Red Sox scored was because there was a bouncing ball that was headed straight at him. And he kind of laid back. He kind of played it a little passively, and it took a strange, just absolutely bounding hop and hit straight off his glove, deflected toward Brandon Drury. And Drury was able to field it, but everybody was safe and a run scored. They didn't give him an error because that play in and of itself was absolutely just crazy. And I agree with it. That's not something that I look at and I say, boy, that's kind of on Joey. But I remember growing up and playing baseball and my coach telling me on a hit like that, you got to charge the ball. And Joey laid back on it. I don't think he had enough time to really think about it in the moment, but the way and in the way that the infield was shaded. But overall, just a really frustrating day for him where it seems like had everything gone just a few inches differently, he would have had a phenomenal day, and the Reds would have won by a lot more than just one run had that all changed. But the Reds get a win, 2-1 to one at Fenway Park after a off day on Memorial Day, which was kind of strange, and they secure, again, they secure a winning month of May. Had you have told me that the way that they played in the month of April, that they were going to have any months this year with a winning record, that might be an interesting bet. But the fact that they were able to do it, look at that, boys, 74 wins and girls. 74 wins looks doable. The Cincinnati Reds are on track to uh, get me some money back after uh, betting the over on 73 and a half wins. And that's what I'm sticking to. All right. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening here to this extra post game edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. We got a full version coming up later on today as Steve and I will be breaking down some dudes who's going to be here in 2024 when we are kind of earmarking that the Reds will be good again. That's coming up later today and we will have a crossover on Thursday 
breaking down this series with our Locked On Red Sox companions, Lauren Campbell and Jake Igni- Jake Iggy, Jake Ignashewski of the Locked On Red Sox podcast. You're not going to miss any of that. The best way to not miss it is to subscribe. And by the way, thanks for making us your first listen. Now make Locked On MLB your second listen as Sully has you covered throughout the league, whether you're talking about American League or National League, because he's got a unique perspective after having been a baseball fan for as long as he has. That's Locked On MLB, just like Locked On Reds, free and available on all platforms. We, I, <laughs> Steve's going to be back with us here uh, on the podcast later today as we break down this Reds team and its future, but you can bet that every single day we're going to be Locked On Reds right here. <laughs> 